All right, welcome back to the Sports Med Analytics Podcast. I am Deepak Chona. Thank you very much for joining us today. Now, I know you're about to set your week four lineups. You're looking for that injury report, so we'll get straight to it. Starting with Saquon Barkley. Now, his status is to be determined. It will likely only be announced on Monday. We would lean towards him sitting, however. The extra day here does help, and Saquon himself actually does have a history of returning pretty quickly. But even factoring that in, our data still rates him about a two-thirds chance of sitting. Now, if he does play because the high ankle is involved in any rotational and cutting type movements, we would expect limitations in both his workload and his efficiency. And unfortunately, this will come with a high re-injury risk. So again, we'd lean towards him sitting. Then Deshaun Watson. Now, his status also to be determined. We would very much lean towards Watson playing. Although it may seem counterintuitive, QBs actually have a relatively high rate of playing when they're listed as questionable with shoulder injuries. And the comments here suggest a pretty mild AC sprain, maybe rotator cuff irritation. In either of those cases, we would anticipate a low performance impact for Watson. Then Derek Carr, also to be determined, we would lean towards him playing, which is actually a bit of a surprise considering the initial severity of the injury as was reported last weekend. Now, this is mostly a pain control issue. So the fact that he's already able to throw suggests that he's passing the biggest hurdle already. AC sprains do average about two weeks, and theoretically you would think they would be more impactful for quarterbacks on their throwing shoulder, but there's actually a pretty high rate of being active after logging even limited practice sessions with an AC sprain. So we would lean slightly towards Derek Carr playing. Then we have Joe Burrow. Now, he's going to keep playing, and we should really expect some limitations. We saw on Monday Night Football against the Rams, he was in that shotgun formation, not really dropping back. And that's because when you drop back, that involves those quick feet movements, involve the calf. We shouldn't expect a lot of scrambling here. And for deep passes, that also involves the calf muscle because you have to drive off of his plant leg, which is the strained one. And so we should expect to see those continued limitations, but with some major improvements from week to week, as long as he doesn't re-aggravate this injury. And then we have Debo Samuel. Now his status also to be determined, but our data projects him about a 60% chance of sitting due to the fact that he has a little bit of a double injury situation going on. Rib contusions, which he sustained last week, do have mild performance impacts, but they are most often played through. And we saw DK Metcalf put up a big week despite having a similar type of injury recently as well. But the key here is that he's also battling a knee sprain, and the two in conjunction would suggest that Debo likely misses one week and returns in week five. Then we have Austin Eckler. Now, he is very likely sitting. He's listed as doubtful. Almost all running backs listed as doubtful would sit that week. He would also be beating average timelines by about a week to return at this point. The key here, though, is that the vast majority of running backs would return by five weeks out, which is week six for him because they have a week five bye. The re-injury risk at that point is relatively low at about 15%. But efficiency also projects to dip for his first two or three games back. And that's why people really call it that dreaded high ankle. And although it certainly doesn't need to be dreaded, it is certainly suboptimal for the season outlook. 
Then we have Traylon Burks. Now, this was a little bit of a surprise. It, the wrapping pattern in the comments suggest a mild knee sprain. These average about two weeks, but it's a little unclear when the injury actually occurred. So we would lean towards a week five or six return pending his progression in practice. Coach Mike Vrabel said that this was not a re-aggravation of his prior LCL sprain. And that is good, but it's still not great news to have another sprain just of a different anatomic location on the same knee. So as a result, we would expect performance dips for the first three games of his return. Next, Miles Sanders. Now his status is to be determined, reportedly a game time decision, but we would lean towards him sitting here. While comments certainly suggest some optimism, running backs with this injury profile and practice progression actually end up sitting in about 75% of cases. The other issue with Miles Sanders is that this groin issue has been bothering him since the preseason. So you would expect a little bit of a limited workload, high risk of re-injury going forward here. And we think they would probably slow play this given that it's probably a re-aggravation of his prior injury. Next, Jimmy Garoppolo in the concussion protocol. It's Saturday early afternoon right now. He still does have a chance to play and get cleared, but about two-thirds of players would not clear in time for week four. So he is very likely returning week five with a low performance impact if not cleared by week four. And then we have Christian Watson. Now, we saw him play week four coming off a hamstring that was at least in that moderate category. It caused him to miss about three to four weeks. And you did see some limitations and they came out afterwards saying, yes, we did have him on a snap count. And that was more or less projected. Usually you see 60% the first week back, 80% the second game back for a player like Watson, and 100% in his third game. So functionally for fantasy, I think if you have Christian Watson, you strongly consider starting him next week. I did bench him week four in my own leagues. And I think by, by the following game, his third game back, you certainly start him without reservation. Next, Aaron Jones. Now the running back progression from a hamstring, and Aaron Jones was on the milder side, tends to be a little faster than wide receivers. They do typically see the limited touches that Aaron Jones saw his first game back, but the second game is usually a return to full workloads. So it's pretty promising for Aaron Jones' outlook going forward. Maybe a buy low candidate, even if your league mates are not sort of up to, up to date on all of the injuries. Then you have Brandon Ayuk. Now he is playing week four. AC sprain data does project a mild performance impact, and that's usually in that 10 to 15% range. But a return, that's pretty quick, so usually 100% by week five in this case. Next, Jerry Judy. This is a case where a player has come back from an injury, and he's probably being a little bit overlooked because his first week back, as we talked about with Christian Watson, they have very similar profiles as athletes. And the first week back... He was projected to be only around about 60%. And last week, projected to be up about 80%, but he still put up good numbers. And his third game back, or in other words, week four for Jerry Judy, projects to be where he's at 100% workload and 100% efficiency. So while he does have a mild re-injury risk that's elevated compared to baseline for the next about four weeks, Jerry Judy is actually a good candidate for 
a trend upwards the rest of the way. He's on my buy low list if you can snag him from somebody. Next, Derrick Henry. Now he's playing through a mild turf toe injury. Performance impact on this is, is typically pretty mild, but an older running back playing with an injury does tend to result in the backup getting some extra touches. Then we have DeAndre Hopkins. He's now off the injury report. He's back at full practice. And while he played the last two weeks, this is another case where playing through an injury may may sort of undersell his, his true performance and his true value. So we would expect some improvements the next couple of weeks for DeAndre Hopkins. Then Javante Williams. Now the average ramp up period for young running backs is about four weeks to get their touches up to normal. And Javante projects to hit about 90% of his explosiveness in week eight. So he's a strong buy low candidate. There is, to keep in mind, a minor elevation in in relatively minor injuries, things like hamstring strains, that does occur and exist for the first approximately six weeks back. But Javante is about halfway through that phase already. So if he can avoid that outcome, then he has a really good shot at having a strong second half of the year, probably much stronger than his first half. And it's a little bit of a similar situation with the Jets' Brees Hall. Now, he's still ramping up. And again, that average ramp-up period for young running backs coming off a knee surgery is about four weeks. But the Jets, by statements from Coach Sala and then also by the nature of having added Dalvin Cook, they really indicated that they were going to slow play this return. And so I would think his ramp-up period is probably more like six weeks, maybe even eight. But... Brees Hall projects to hit about 90% of his explosiveness back by week six. Now, the key, if you look back to Brees Hall's big, big run that he broke off on Monday Night Football week one, he was caught by behind from behind by a player who, by 40 times, certainly runs much slower than him. Brees Hall runs like a mid-4-3, and the safety ran runs a 4-5, at least at his combine. So... We know from that alone, objectively, Brees Hall was not 100%, but he was still very good. So projecting him to ramp up in both touches and his explosiveness, that overall is a promising outlook for Brees Hall going forward. And for those who are saying Zach Wilson is really limiting this offense, you're absolutely right. There's no argument in favor of Zach Wilson, but he was also the quarterback last year for this team when Brees Hall was great because remember Brees Hall was injured mid-season so Zach Wilson didn't lose that job at that point so for most of his really good games and his four best games in fact Zach Wilson was the starter then last but not least we have Jackson Smith and Jigba now wrist surgery for a wide receiver is a big deal and it's pretty intuitive why right like the grip strength has to go down when you have a wrist surgery, you make an incision, do dissection, all those sorts of things. And the fractures, which he had a fracture surgery, although we don't know exactly what bone was broken, fracture surgery takes about six weeks to heal. And although Jackson Smith and Jigba hurried back, we really shouldn't have expected much different than this week start to his season. And over the next few weeks, he's hitting six weeks post-surgery right about now. So over the next three to four weeks, we expect major improvements from JSN. 
he he is separating. If you watch the film, he's clearly able to run his routes. It's just he's not getting the ball and he's not catching the ball that and and perhaps the Seahawks know that and they're using him as a bit of a decoy or perhaps it's just the product of them putting a player out there who's not really 100%, which is reasonable and if that's what he wanted to do, but at the same time from a fantasy perspective, I think you're going to be looking up on JSN over the next few weeks. And then last thing I want to talk about today is the Houston Texans, my Houston Texans. It's been a long time coming, but we now have the quarterback of the future. He is really looking strong. And the thing that you have to look at, so the Texans over under is five and a half wins. Five and a half wins to me feels criminally low. And I think that's because the standard is for so many years since this whole Deshaun mess has been a pretty low performance. But if you look at this team, they're not running the ball well. And Stroud is under a lot of pressure. But he moves well within the pocket. And Titus Howard had a broken hand. That should be back around week five. And he's a Pro Bowl right tackle. And then on the left side, Laramie Tunsil, who's a Pro Bowl left tackle, has been out as well. And Tunsil, we don't have a ton of clarity on. But most knee sprains take two to four weeks. And you could even maybe push that a little longer because offensive linemen are on the heavier side so as a result they they put more force through the knee so even if you call that a four-week injury he's probably back no later than about week seven so this team is looking quite good and is probably going to be trending up especially offensively cj stroud is a plus 380 to win offensive rookie of the year and if you really look at that list the candidates aren't that impressive. It's really C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bijan Robinson, in my eyes, who have the most realistic shot. So let's call them each a one-third chance. Plus 380 is much better than those odds. So I would say that's a value, and maybe I'm a homer, maybe I'm not, but I think I'm right. So that's all we have for today, and I will see you soon.